2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 to 6, and it says this, For although we live in the flesh, we do not wage war according to the flesh, since the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but are powerful through God for taking down of strongholds. We demolish arguments and every proud thing that is raised up against the knowledge of God, and we take every thought captive to obey Christ. This morning, as we continue on in our series, Be Still, I want to speak to you from the subject, strongholds and storage units. Strongholds and storage units. As we look at how we deal with overcoming the darkness of our minds that many of us experience on any given day. Will you pray with me just one more time this morning? Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it's alive, it's active, it's powerful, that it has the ability to transform us from the inside out. God, we're here today to hear your voice. We're here today to hear from your word. And so right now, we open our ears, we soften our hearts, we say, speak to us, we're listening. I pray in this moment, as we open your word, as we dive into different thoughts and truths from your word, I pray that you would change us from the inside out. God, I pray that we would leave here differently than how we came in. So I ask God right now that it would be your words that we hear, not my words. Speak to us right now, we're listening in Jesus' mighty name. Come on, and everybody shouted, amen. amen. Anybody excited for Thanksgiving? Just want to, yeah. Then how many of you, it's Christmas right after that. Yeah, I know. Yeah, the youth are pumped about that. Um, I'm going to smoke my first turkey this year, so that's going to be on the Traeger, just so you know, um, putting that out there. I love, uh, I, I love my family. Um, they're a ton of fun. We're in a really cool season right now. I don't typically swear at my house. Um, in the office, no, I'm just playing. <laughs> um, we don't use certain words around our house or, or uh, in, our, in our cars. We, uh, uh, I know some of you do um, as you're on the freeway. Um, no judgment. We regulate movies pretty hard in the music that we listen to uh, in the house. And so uh, Erica and I were both surprised one day when uh, my son came home uh, knowing some words that he otherwise hadn't known before. And... Uh, we quickly went into parent freakout mode. How many of your parents know what I'm talking about? So we put him underneath the spotlight. Where did you learn that? He threw a lot of your kids under the bus. Um, <laughs> and so we had to talk through with him, like, okay, like, buddy, like, how, how, how are you going to deal with this? Because we don't, we don't use those words, and we try to, try to think of other words, and they're not good words to use, and so we're walking through that, and, and even, like, even if you hear one word on a movie, like, we, we don't use those words, and so we're talking through this whole concept with him, and then as, as, as we sat down and talked with him, he said something that was really interesting to me. He said, Dad, I can see, the, like, I can see the word in my mind, and I can't get it out, and I want to keep on saying it. That's what he said. And I was like, buddy, I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> and it was this really cool moment because it was right there as I was talking to my, talking to my son about this issue, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, 3 through 6 came into my mind. Because this is what Paul is, is talking about. This is the driving thought behind Paul's teaching here in 2 Corinthians, is that there are going to be things that try and occupy our minds, that if not regulated, can create a stronghold. And therefore, we have to learn how to take our thoughts captive in order to destroy arguments and the thoughts and the things that try to rise up against the knowledge of 
God. Because how many of you know there's this word, it's the word of God, and for our lives it's truth and it's hope and it's joy and it's all these things. And, and more importantly, there's some things that are said in this word over your life and my life. And how many of you would agree with me that there's moments in life that try to say the opposite of what that word says? Okay? There's so many times in life where the things that are being said, the things that we're thinking, the things that we're allowing to be onboarded into our minds, how many of you would agree with me, many times they are contrary to what God says about me, right? That's why we sing songs around here like, I am who you say I am. I'm a child of God. What are we trying to do? We're trying to reinforce what God says about us. But there's some thoughts, as Paul is saying, that, that get stuck there. And how many of you would, would agree with me, many times when they get stuck there, we have a tendency to dwell on them. We have a tendency to think on them. We have a tendency to focus on them. And if we're not careful, they can become a stronghold. Now, a stronghold is anything that sets itself up against what God says. And as it becomes a stronghold in our lives, especially our minds, I'm going to illustrate it in a minute, it becomes harder and harder to deal with. So a stronghold is is a pretty significant issue. This morning I've got this jar, let's call it a storage unit. This is like our minds. Some minds smaller, some minds bigger, depending on who you are. (laughs) This is the storage unit, and throughout life, different things get added to the storage unit. Different thoughts get added to the storage unit from a very young age, mind you. I remember when I was a kid, and, and one of the first report cards that I got, I failed skipping. It was awesome. I didn't even know there was a class, but apparently in kindergarten it, it was. I failed skipping, and, and she, wrote, she wrote and had a conversation with my mom, and I'll never forget the question. This was in kindergarten. I still remember it. Do you feed your child sugar cereal? That was what was the conversation. And she, No, I don't. He's just naturally crazy. Like, that is just, he's wired. And so we go there. So what happens is that a thought about who I am generated from an outside source gets put in the storage unit. And we find ourselves in all kinds of spaces and places, especially this is why us as parents want to protect our kids, right? Because we want to make sure that we regulate the narrative. But how many of you know through different situations and different circumstances, it's really, really interesting how the storage unit starts to fill. And it starts to fill, and it starts to fill. And all of a sudden, how many of you know, and maybe have experienced at one point or another, that one thought that is overtly dangerous overtly destructive, that day that you thought to yourself, I wonder what it would be like, and I'm just being real in here, to take my own life. Nobody wants me. This world's better off without me. And all of a sudden, this thought right here gets dropped in. And then we have a litany of other thoughts that start to rattle around and get in. And if we're not careful, all of a sudden, we move from a storage unit to a stronghold. Because now all of a sudden we've got this thought in here that's been buried. And where this storage unit was just a storage unit, it was storing things and so on and so forth. That one thought anchored itself in there. It became poisonous in there. And over the course of life and years or weeks or months, all of a sudden we have this thing in here that's been buried. And now we have a storage unit that's turned into a stronghold. And it's hard to deal with. How many of you have ever had a friend who's like, hey, could you help me with my storage unit? How many of you know you run when you have a friend ask you to help with your storage unit? 
So like me, I've been like, yeah, sure, bro. Have you ever walked into that storage unit and they open it up and stuff starts falling out? Right? How many of you have that friend where you're like, bro, this isn't a storage unit. This is a hoarder's closet. Like, what are we doing here? So that, and then this is what they say. I got to, and I, it, still, it still baffles me to this day. They go, I got to get that thing. I'm, I'm looking for one thing. Excuse me? Yeah, just one thing. And, and, and then you dare to add, like, you know in your stomach, I shouldn't ask this next question, but I'm going to ask it anyways. Where's the one thing? They're like, I think it's somewhere in the back. And then what was a nice little trip to a storage unit becomes a day where you're moving everything out of the storage unit and then moving ba- everything back into the storage unit and it takes hours because your friend's distracted by the toaster that he failed to realize that he had in the storage unit. They're like, what are we looking for? And that is our minds. Why? Because that storage unit of your buddies became a stronghold. <laughs> and so what many of us try to do, this is interesting, is that what we'll try to do is we try to get this thing that's been rooted in there and this strong. We try to get it out and how many of you know it becomes a lesson of futility at best. Because once something becomes a stronghold, it, may, it becomes super difficult to get to that thing that's in there. Like my son Justice, he had a word in his head that he was like, how do I get this out, Dad? I know that I shouldn't have this there, but it's, it's, it's seared itself onto my mind. And so it was in that moment where I really began to to study and look at, how do we deal with strongholds? How do we overcome strongholds? Now, for many of us, the, the, the simple answer to that would be, well, we just pray to Jesus and he demolishes all the strongholds. But how many of you know that God likes to work with us? And for many of us, we pray prayers where it's like, hey, God, can you please take everything? I'm going to just chill out over here. And he's like, no, 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 I, I need permission, I need to work, with, I want to work with you to work things out. And so the journey that we're going to go on this morning as we look through some of these points is, a, is in tandem with God, not just simply, hey guys, let's just pray and hope that God does something. He says, you need to work with me because I will give you the power and the strength to process through these things and work through these things when it comes to strongholds, but you've got to understand that we are working together in relationship. Now, I will say this, as the qualifier to all this, we've spent now four weeks in this series. We've talked about the medical side of things. We've talked, and we've established a platform to be able to say, many of us struggle, and we're on this spectrum of struggle when it comes to our thoughts and everything like that. So nothing that I'm going to say today is meant to distract from everything we've said up to this point. But, every shout, but? But what we have to understand is that there is a place and a space for God activity. Right? And so while I believe that we need therapy 100% and, and there's medical intervention, there's all these different places and spaces today, based upon what we talked about last week, we have to talk about the Jesus side of this. Where does God operate in the midst of this thing right here? Can we do that today? And so I want to I give us a couple thoughts about what we need to do in tandem with Jesus and how he helps us with stuff when it comes to dealing with strongholds in our lives. I need your help this morning. Come on over shot number one. First one is this, is we have to choose to make a choice. We have to choose to make a choice about what we think about. We have to choose to make a choice about what we think about. Habakkuk chapter 3 verses 16 to 19 says this, I heard and I trembled within. 
My lips quivered at the sound. Rottenness entered my bones. I trembled where I stood. Maybe you felt that way before. Now I must quietly wait for the day of distress to come against the people invading us. So what's happening right here is he's talking about the feelings that were associated with enemies at the gate coming towards him. And though the fig tree does not bud and there's no fruit on the vines, though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food, though the flocks disappear from the pen and there are no herds in the stalls. In other words, he's saying nothing good is happening right now. Overtly negative perception on things. Although all this is happening, watch verse 18, yet, yet, come on, somebody shout yet, yet, yet yet I will celebrate in the Lord. I will rejoice in the God of my salvation. The Lord, my Lord, is my strength. He makes my feet like those of deer and enables me to walk on mountain heights. You ever seen those mountain deer, mountain goats? Have you ever watched a documentary on mountain goats before? I have. <laughs> it's fun. <laughs> Watch National Geographic and you see these like deer, they got these hooves or these goats, these mountain goats. They're crazy because they have the ability because of their hooves, because of their feet, to traverse the side of mountains where no one else can go. It's absolutely amazing. And they can go to the highest peaks because of their footing, because of their feet, the way they've been designed, the way they've been developed, the way that they work. They can go places where no one else could go. And this is why the writer says, the Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like those of a deer and enables me to walk on mountain heights. So in the midst of everything that's crooked, in the midst of everything that's broken, in the midst of everything that doesn't look like it's going the way that it should, He says, yet I will celebrate in the Lord. What's he saying? I'm going to choose today to think about what I think about. This does not mean that I'm thinking about Jesus all the time. That's why I can say that and everybody's like, well, does that just mean I think about Jesus all the time? And then we like to get argumentative about it, right? So like, what about at work? (laughs) You ever had the conversation before? Do I just think about him when I'm like, do I ignore my work? No, that's not what I'm saying. What about in the car? I have to pay attention to my driving. Do I think about Jesus then? What about home when I've got to pay attention to my kids? How about that? Huh? <laughs> and we go through this argumentative system. No, I'm not saying that you have to think about Jesus all the time. What I am saying is that Jesus needs to become the center of all your thoughts that aren't necessarily about him. That's a different perspective. So what's he saying? What, what's he saying? I'm going to think about what I think about. Right? So Andrew's going to think about what he thinks about. Pastor Andrew's going to think about what he thinks about. And so all of a sudden, he's got a thought that comes racing to his mind, and it's potentially a destructive thought. When other, in other moments, we didn't regulate those thoughts, but in this moment, Andrew's saying, I'm going to choose to decide. I'm going to choose to think about what I think about. So now all of a sudden, that, that thought's going to stop before it gets into the container, before it gets into the storage unit. It's going to stop, and he's going to look at that thought. Then he's going to start asking the question, does this thought represent Jesus in my life? Does this thought speak to who God has called me to be? Is this thought a thought that's pure and holy? And Is this a thought that I'm going to allow to root in me, or do I need to reject this thought? Because we need to start regulating the thoughts, because some of us, if if we're not careful, we just allow all kinds of stuff to get put in the storage unit. And then that one thing that was down there, how many of you know, it gets packed in there, and then other thoughts start to support it, and then we get more that look like that thought, and all of a sudden our container has become a stronghold. We have to make a choice to think about what 
we're going to think about. Here's some cool thoughts. They're going to come up on the screen. When we have thoughts of fear, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. That's good news right there. Thoughts of death when they come in. Deuteronomy chapter 30, 19, I call heaven and earth as witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, blessing and curse. Choose life. This is the scripture. When shame enters my thinking process, Exodus 34, the Lord came down and a cloud stood with him there and proclaimed his name, the Lord. The Lord passed in front of him and proclaimed the Lord. The Lord is compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger and abounding in faithful love and truth. These are the scriptures that, th- these are the scriptures we start thinking about. When chaos and confusion is starting to flood the storage unit. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 33. For God is not a God of confusion, but of peace, somebody. Isolation and inadequacy. When you start thinking those thoughts, watch what happens in Romans 8, 15. You did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. Instead, you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father, The Spirit himself testifies together with our spirit that we are God's children, and if children also heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him so that we may also be glorified with him. When all of these things happen, this is just a few of a litany of verses that are contained within the canon of Scripture, and when we open this thing up and we start to see what God says, then I actually start to go, man, I am who he says I am. I am a child of God. You split the sea so I could walk right through it. Why? Because I am a child of God, and that's not so that I contrive. It's not wishful thinking or positive thinking. It's the word of God thinking and all of a sudden it alters everything around me. It's not just about positive thinking, although I think positive thinking is good. I really do. I was with my son the other day. I was combing his hair because he comes in and I comb his hair because i got to teach a boy to primp. <laughs> <laughs> So he, so he, <laughs> so he walks in. You know, I'm like, buddy, let me comb your hair. So I'm doing his hair, and I'm combing it all up and everything like that. And he looks at me, and he stands back. And we're standing there in the mirror. And he goes, Dad, how'd you learn how to comb hair so good? <laughs> and I was like, well, back in the day when I had hair. <laughs> and then I looked at him, and I was like, buddy, I want you to know something. You're amazing. You're fearfully, wonderfully made. And you're handsome. You look like your dad. (laughs) Why? Because I'm creating the narrative. Because at one point or another, I'm hoping it doesn't happen. But if a thought comes in that tries to strike another narrative, I want to make sure that what we're filling him with outnumbers that thing because I don't want a stronghold built in his mind. And so the first thing that we need to do is I tell you, we've got to think about what we think about. When my daughter ran off one day because she was so upset and went into girl mode. <laughs> and I was like, is this a glimpse of the future? <laughs> Erica's like, I'm like, peace. <laughs> you got them. They're good. She had a freak out mode and she's like, I'm so stupid. And she got like super mad at herself and we had to grab her. And, and, and literally, like, grab her by the arms and say, Shiloh, you are not, I don't even know where it came from. We've never called our kids stupid before. Where do these thoughts come from? Where, where, do they, where do they manifest themselves so many times? So we had to look at her, girl, like, you're not stupid. 
absolutely do not speak that, self, speak that stuff over your life. You are not stupid. You are smart. You are amazing. You are creative. You're wonderful. Why? Because in that moment, there was potentially a thing that was going to start beginning a stronghold. Because if all of a sudden other thoughts started to pile on top of that, now I've got a teenage girl who thinks all the time that she's stupid. She's not worth anything. And then she starts maneuvering her life in a way to support her devalued outlook on herself. And it's me in my house. We're going to say, ah, we're not going to allow these strongholds to take place. This is what God says about you. This is what your mom says about you. This is what your dad says about you. So we tell you, you got to think about what you think about. And this is not a self-help message. It's right here in 1 Corinthians. we got to take every thought captive. we got to take every thought. i got to think about what I think. Ooh, is that? Nope. 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 <laughs> 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 have you been there before? Have you ever felt like that? It's like something out of the alien? You're just like, no, no. I gotta reject it. Number two, I have a shot. Number two, we have to ask for awareness. We gotta become self aware. And this is where our self awareness comes from. Our self awareness is about understanding who God says that we are and where He is at in our lives, not more aware about ourselves. Somebody needs to write this down. If you gaze in the mirror long enough, you'll always find something wrong. And how many of us do that? Right? We sit and look. And the mirror's not just looking at our physical. We then allow it to look at our internal. And then we can quickly come to this place and we're like, oh, see, see, there it is, there it is. And we nitpick ourselves and everything like this. Watch this, Psalm 139. Hopefully you love your Bible because it's 18 verses. Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I stand up, you understand my thoughts from afar away. That's interesting right there because some of, us will, some of us will pin it on God that he doesn't understand what we're thinking about. Oh, he understands. And he still loves you. So many of us are like, well, I should feel shameful and I should feel guilty that I'm processing through these things. No, 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 no. He understands your thought. He's not surprised. He's not like, oh. They thought it, guys. No. <laughs> Verse 3, you observe my travels and my rest. You're aware of all of my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you know all about it, Lord. Remember that in traffic. You have encircled me. <laughs> you have placed your hand on me. This wondrous knowledge is beyond me. It is lofty. I'm unable to reach it. Where can I go to escape your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I live at the eastern horizon or settle at the western limits, even there your hand will lead me, your right hand will hold on to me. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light around me will be night, even the darkness <laughs> is not dark to you. Even the darkness is not dark to you. The night shines like the day. Darkness and light are alike to you. For it was you who created my inward parts. Oh, this is where it gets good. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I will praise you because I have been remarkably and wondrously made. Your works are wondrous, and I know this very well. My bones were not hidden from you when I was made in secret, when I was formed in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw me when I was formless. All my days were written in your book and planned before a single one of them begin. God, how precious your thoughts are to me, how vast their sum is. If I counted them, they would outnumber the grains of sand when I wake up. I am still with you. Yeah. 
If that doesn't get you fired up, I don't know what does. <laughs> Just read that every morning. Some of us need to take lipstick, not you boys, but the girls. Take lipstick and write it on the mirror. <laughs> get it on, get it someplace. Put a note next to your bed. Tattoo it on your back. I, no, stop. <laughs> They're like, yes! <laughs> what was David saying right here? This is what David was saying. When I feel like this, when I think like this, you, God, are this. That's awareness. That's self-awareness. When I feel like this, when I think like this, when things are looking like this, God, you are this. And sometimes it doesn't make sense. Sometimes it doesn't add up for us. Here's the question I want us to ask about this self-awareness issue. Here we go. I'm going to meddle a little bit. When was the last time that we asked God to tell us what he thinks about us instead of asking him for something Because we're good at asking for things, aren't we? God, can you do this, please? Please do this. Can you please make this happen? God, can you do this? When was the last time we stopped and said, God, can you tell me who I am in you? So that I can become more aware that in the life that I lead and the things that I approach and the stuff that's happening, that I would know this. This is what the Word of God's for. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. For the Word of God is living and effective sharper than any double-edged sword, penetrating as far as to the separation of soul and spirit, joints and marrow. Watch this. It's able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. So I go, God, is this a thought that I want in here? Is my storage unit becoming a stronghold? Is my storage unit becoming a stronghold? Is there something in there that's creating a narrative that shouldn't be in there? Now, I have to say this. For some of us who really significantly are dealing with, especially the medical side of our minds, where there is disorders and chemical imbalances, so on and so forth, I want to say this to encourage you today. This journey is harder for you than it is for others. And for those of us that don't have that same journey, we need to be the type of people that we support those. We talked about this in the series just a couple of weeks ago with the shirts. You guys remember this? The other side of it is, for those of us who are struggling in very strong degrees, don't give up. Although the journey may be harder, it's still worth it. Although the journey, where there may be deficits and there may be broken things and, and things out of balance and everything like that, and while you're going through the processes of therapy and other stuff like that, which I value and I applaud and I say keep on doing it, I want you to know that God is faithful. Remember, this is the faith side of it today. This is the spiritual side of it today that we have to make sure that we know. Like David, I know that it looks like this and I know that it feels like this, but God, you are this. So the second thing that we have to do is we have to ask God to make us aware of who we are. Here it is, who we are in light of him. Who we are in light of him. Every shot, number three. The last one is this. We have to remove by renewing. We have to remove by renewing. The Bible says this in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 to 2. Therefore, brothers and sisters, in view of the mercies of God, I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, and this is your true worship. Watch what he then says. Do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed. Shout, transformed? transformed. Come over, shout, Transformed. Be transformed by the renewing 
of your mind so that what happens in the renewing of your mind that you may discern what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. Come on, somebody. That's good news right there. That you may discern what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. So what does it mean to renew? Because that for some of us is super spiritual jargon, isn't it? Coming to church, yeah, renew your mind. What, what does that even look like? What does that even mean? And this is the principle that Paul's trying to communicate. Here we have a storage unit that's become a stronghold. There's some thoughts that have been trapped in there. And if I had a bigger jar, I would throw more of these in here because they're thoughts that many times get anchored when we're young. I remember things that were spoken over my life many, many times, and it just reinforced it. And so as I grew older, I used to legitimately think, I'm a stupid person. Because those words were spoken over my life. I remember when Eric and I were first married. We're trying to figure it all out. We didn't fight over toothpaste and toilet paper. I would lose my mind if she said something. And she wasn't doing it like at me. She'd say something like, well, that wasn't smart. And I'd be like, what? Who are you calling stupid? <laughs> She'd be like, I didn't say. I didn't say you were stupid. And then we had to go, where did that come from? Because that wasn't something that she was trying to say, but everything, how many of you know this, everything gets interpreted through the stronghold. For some of you, this will change, save your marriage, it will change your marriage. Because many of us are, are, are looking at things through the lens of our strongholds. And so quickly, when Eric and I were first married, I had to work through some strongholds that I had in my mind. And I read this scripture one day, and I started to realize that in order to become new in Christ, I had to be renewed in the mind. Let me say that one more time. In order to become new in Christ, he made the way he paid for it all. He said, you are a new creation. But in order to own that, in order to walk in that, I had to allow my mind to be renewed. And so many of us are trying to get in here and get this one thing out. And Jesus is saying, listen, let me show you a better way. Instead of you trying to force your hand in here, try to get that one thing through the power of your will and everything like that, he's just saying, let me renew you. Let me, let me pour my grace into your life. And as I pour my grace into your life, all of a sudden, the stuff starts to come out. Let me pour more grace into your life. Oh, there it is. There it is. There it is. Now, all of a sudden... Now all of a sudden I have a mind that's been renewed. And how many of you know, you can try to start throwing things on there and you can start, hey, oh, ah, I don't know about that. I can start stacking stuff, but it's not going to stay. Why? Because there ain't no room for strongholds when my container has been filled by his word. There's no room for strongholds when his voice is in my life. There's no room for strongholds when I understand what he says about me. There's no room for strongholds when I know his voice in my life. There's no room for strongholds. There's no room for strongholds. There's no room for them. The crazy part is this. How many of you got worried in the first little moment? Everybody come and stand to your feet. We're going to close in this moment. <laughs> How many of you got worried in the beginning moment when the water started going you're like, is this going to, like, fail him? <laughs> You're like, oh, the balls are stuck. His illustration's not going to work. I practiced. I knew. <laughs> Here's the deal. 
it takes a little bit. It takes a little bit. Some of us are just like, hey, I come to church one Sunday with a container full. <laughs> I've got a stronghold, with, with a, a big stronghold, and I come to church on Sunday. And we think that gets rid of all that. Buckets of grace. <laughs> Buckets of grace. Buckets of love. Buckets of joy. Buckets of his hope. Buckets of his life. Buckets and buckets and buckets because some of these containers that we have are pretty full up and it's become a strong. You need buckets. You need buckets. And then all of a sudden, that's where that little guy was. Down there. Now I just took care of it. Now I get to pour the things of God into me. And they go away. And then I start to think about the right stuff, the smiley faces. Put that in there. Seth, I don't know where Seth is right now. He's like, you should have took the illustration to another level and pulled out different thought processes that re represent the ones that God says about us in the form of rocks. I can't take credit for it. That was all Seth. That was all Seth. He occasionally has a good idea. So, But I thought, so true. So true. Why? Because the weight of the thoughts that come in are not the weight of the word that should be in. They weigh different. They weigh different. This weekend, what are you thinking about? What's in your head? What's potentially taken root should have never taken root. Storage units and strongholds. Mm 